0: In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful uh, to those who are watching us now or later uh, I'm saying my hello and uh, I wish my best wishes for them. Uh, I'm Hussain Azifali and with me are a, a number of uh, world scholars and world influencers uh, we are going to have a discussion about the situation of the world and the uh, uh, Possible human world future human future. We are going to discuss this Uh, Thank you from our guests that uh, have attended this uh, invitation Uh, We have with us uh, dr. Ahmadinejad uh, former uh, president president of Iran uh, and the professor of uh, University of Science and Technology in Tehran Uh, and We have dr. Michael Jones former professor at St. Mary's College and founder of Cultural Wars magazine. We again have with us Dr. Kevin Barrett, the Islamologist, uh, and one of the best known critics of war on terror in the United States. And of course, we are waiting for uh, dear Scott Bennett, who is a counter-terrorist finance analyst and uh, a former U.S. Army officer, psychological operations and uh, he's going to join us any seconds. Uh, let me tell you about our program. We are going to discuss together about words and, let's say, humans' uh, possible human future for tomorrow. Uh, and we have called our movement Towards Tomorrow. And we are going to have regular uh, and uh, gradual events uh, discussing about this with world's greatest scholars uh, about the future of human being we have we are going to speak about many topics here uh, in our uh, talks the purpose of these talks and these events is the analysis is that the analysis of the current uh, situation in today's world uh, shows the inefficiency of existing structures and ideas in responding to basic human problems and also in achieving common human ideas Uh, ideals such as peace justice and freedom. This inefficiency is to the extent that in addition to the masses of nations the main claimants of these structures and ideals, ideals also acknowledge this weakness and inefficiency in various ways. Recent trends in the field of collective awareness of the nations of the world And emerging technologies indicate the emergence of unique possibilities and opportunities to create a new world. Therefore, it is necessary for the intellectual, political, and social elites to recognize the needs of the new space before the power seekers, to present benevolent and creative plans for human life in the first step, and in the second step to try to guide the collective movement of human beings towards these
1: benevolent
0: strategies.
1: We are going to
2: listen
1: to Dr. Rahmali Nijja's short greeting to the audience. In the name of God, the, God,
0: the,
2: of God, the compassionate, the merciful. O oh God, may you hasten the advent of your savior and grant him health and triumph and let us be among the best of his supporters and aides and those sparing no effort on his path. So glad to be among you friends and intellectuals and hope this talk is going to be fruitful for us and those who will watch or hear it. Welcome gentlemen and thanks for having read the letter of your friend and responded to that. Today, We're here together so that we could put heads together and jointly open brighter horizons ahead of ourselves. No doubt, the future belongs to everyone and the building of future should also be made with everybody participating. The requisite for such a thing is to consult with each other and arrive at joint concepts and visions. I'm glad to be at your service and prefer to have the majority of time used by our friends and guests
1: and enjoy their So, in the West, uh,
3: we have a tradition called the natural law, which is basically that all rational creatures uh, should accept these principles, accept these premises. And then we are supposed to be able to build on that into some type of greater understanding in terms of how to develop policy. Can you give us some understanding of what reason means from the Iranian perspective?
2: Reason
1: is the
2: benchmark for thought. A human being would be considered equivalent to thought. A human being lives and moves on with their thought and reason is the logic for thinking. In fact, thought would attain proper and reasonable outcomes when it follows reason. Thought observes one's reason and it is its speaking light. Basically, life needs to be reasonable and otherwise we will observe what we are already observing in the world now. Man's thoughts may be influenced by a variety of factors and then start to withstand human beings. Thanks for your question. The response goes back to our definition of human being, whom we consider equivalent to thought. i.e., the main difference between man and other creatures is the power to think, so much so that we can say mankind equals thought. However, Thought can go different pathways. Truth to be told, reason and human reason is in fact the logic of thinking the right way. We define reason as the rules governing our thinking. I believe if thought moves in the framework of human reasoning, its outcome will benefit all people and serve each and every of them. Whenever thought digresses from the path of reason, and is affected by other factors, the output will be in marked contrast with the rights and in interests of people. For sure, this is not limited to a particular geographical area, and actually this can be addressed in all humans and governments.
1: I'd, like I'd like to know uh,
3: two instances uh, where IRRATIONALITY IS DOMINATING THE DISCUSSION AND uh, INSTANCES WHERE, SPECIFIC INSTANCES WHERE YOUR UNDERSTANDING OF REASON COULD BRING ABOUT SOME TYPE OF SOLUTION TO A PARTICULAR PROBLEM. FIRST OF ALL, uh, DOMESTICALLY IN IRAN AND LET'S SAY IN TERMS OF uh, FOREIGN POLICY AS WELL. HERE,
2: I'M NOT TALKING FROM IRAN'S STANCE. We are talking about issues pertaining all humans and all nations. Our topic is how it should be. There may be issues in Iran, the US, Europe, and different parts of the world which we all criticize and have our own opinions
1: about. Dr. Kevin Barrett, uh,
0: thank you. We are hearing your question and we are going to discuss about it. Yes,
4: uh, well, in, in your manifesto, Dr. Amidi Rashad, you speak of the deviations introduced by demonic forces and hegemons and i wondered to what extent you see those two forces as being related and i'm i wondered about uh, whether you agree with those who think that the hegemonic forces uh, consciously ally themselves with demonic forces and i also wondered about your personal sense of that when you were speaking truth at the United Nations and you were being attacked by the media uh, and whether you sensed that there were demonic forces that you were up
2: against. We know that Satan is in exact hostility to mankind. I believe that, proportionate with human growth, Satan changes and modifies his methods. At the time when people lived in caves, Satan also limited his level of hostility to death. But as mankind grows, Satan also changes his measures. Nowadays, humans have grown, and they need rules and social relations fitting a worldwide scale. So, Satan devises his plans at such a scale and continues to face mankind. There are many individuals who got a human face, but their actions are satanic. Actually, Satan may develop mechanisms and structures and even design something that resembles a thought system, and then practice hostility with mankind through that. Making a long story short, I can say, whatever action, claim or mechanism which pursues to limit humans, stop their flourishing and exercising of their will, and any thought or structure which aims at humiliating humans, Enslaving them and stopping the blossoming of their infinite talents is truly a satanic thought, action, or structure. The satanic wealth may surface in the form of an empire, hegemony, or a political system, and then take measures that aim at Satan's goals. Those who have by far filled their stockpiles of weapons of mass killing, those who sow discord and instigate wars among humans, In order to sell arms and continue their hegemony, are either the devil himself or fully influenced by the devil. Today, understanding the methods of Satan and those following his path is an important issue in understanding the solutions for changing the status quo to the benefit of mankind. All those who are on the same path and act in similar ways will find each other and join hands. About some individuals, I'm sure it's been a conscious choice. While about others, we cannot arrive at the same judgment.
1: Dr. Ahmed
5: it's an honor to speak with you. You write in your manifesto the following uh, line. And I'd like to build my question on what you were just previously saying about uh, uh, the material with Dr. Barrett. It it builds upon that. You, You write in your manifesto, quote, the claim that it is not possible for human beings to reach peace and contentment by denying them freedom and justice is a claim that is verifiable just as there has been no deviation, decline, or downfall without these being preceded by open violations of freedom and justice in any given society. Uh, you, you were speaking eloquently about the, um, the in a sense, the tyranny uh, of of enslaving uh, people and um, how this has been uh, you know, part of history in, in many ways. I want to draw your attention and form my question around the phenomenon of the COVID-19 vaccine, vaccination, forced government action upon the people that we see occurring in the West primarily. In the United States, in Canada, in Britain, in Germany, in Australia, we see an obscene form of tyranny uh, manifesting in the Western governments against its own people. And I know my colleagues, Dr. Barrett and Dr. Jones, would agree with me on this, Uh, but it is extraordinarily... Uh, uh terrifying in particular to those of us in the West to see this COVID-19 vaccination uh, becoming almost a new form of religion, a, a new hysteria, a new mechanism to suspend freedom and liberty and freedom of conscience and uh, freedom of of action and travel, all based on a common cold or flu at best, but something that does not warrant a societal shutdown, and it certainly doesn't warrant a transhumanism DNA-altering vaccine. And I bring it up to you because you talk about humanity and being a human being. It seems this COVID nineteen vaccine is being used as a as a Trojan horse to change the DNA of human beings, enslave them with fear and uh, uh, terror that only uh, isolates people. And it seems to be trying to satanically uh, break down our humanity. So I, I would like to uh, get your, your observation uh, about how this COVID-19 vaccine and in particular the, 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 the Western government's reactions Uh, really should be understood from your point of view, and uh, from your point of view of of humanity and and freedom and liberty, and uh, those sort of things that you stress in your manifesto. So I'll pose that to you, sir. Thank you.
1: You raise an
2: important question with which all nations are struggling and possibly one of the most important political humane issues of the time is the pandemic and the vaccination. You are aware of the history of the issue. There was a joint research project between China and the US. They wanted to test this in a closed environment, but it got out of control and rapidly spread across the world. Then the hegemons thought they could use it as a tool to control the human society. A variety of vaccines were introduced and new laws were passed in order to control humans through vaccination. I agree on this with you that any measure which harms human basic values cannot lead to their salvation. Fundamentally, freedom, justice, dignity, loyalty, honesty and kindness are shared and predisposed values of mankind. No measure has the right to limit human's freedom and such limiting of people's freedom will not be capable of leading to any form of salvation. Actually, the leaders of the hegemonic system do nothing but limiting the freedom and destructing the character and dignity of humans, and do nothing but digressing their relationships and working in a position of justice. Their focus is on limiting freedom and exercising the will of humans. Where the hegemonic system fortifies its pillars, is the same point where it limits people's will and either makes decisions instead of and for the people or sets the setting so that humans are forced to make certain decisions or follow certain policies. Unfortunately, today the hegemonic system is abusing the diseases and drugs as a political economic lever and in my opinion this is maximal distancing from humanity and increasing proximity with Satan Uh,
0: I have heard uh, Dr. Barrett uh, had a webinar about COVID-19. You can't have no comments about Dr. Ahmadinejad's answer, isn't
4: Mm. it? I uh, I, I would like to ask whether Dr. Ahmadinejad still uh, stands by his remarks in uh, early 2020 that COVID-19 appears to have emerged from an American biological attack on China and Iran, as as um, analyzed in Ron Unz's book on the
1: subject. I've already
2: stated that a joint research team of Americans and the Chinese were formed to make the virus and then they tried to spread it in a small area and measure its consequences. But after that, things got out of control and it was spread worldwide. That two groups decide to make research in order to create anti-human viruses which defeat humans' defense power, can rapidly spread across the globe and cause heavy tolls on humans, cannot be outside of the hegemonic system's plots to defeat nations and weaken them. In fact, Research operations need to aim at people's health and exercising of their will. But today, there is an ongoing biological war across the world. A variety of experiments try to spread microbes and viruses which are very complicated and they use them against the nations and to their own benefit. In my opinion, this is nothing but lowness and villainy and an act of Satan
3: which is anti-human. I'd like to ask uh, Dr. Dr. Ahmadinejad, whether do you consider the vaccine a bioweapon? And if you were president, would you ban vaccines, vaccination, or would you allow vaccination? So <laughs>
1: the
2: That's a difficult question. The heavy atmosphere made by the worldwide propaganda and the media of the hegemonic system against the people and the fear they caused across the world made the case for decision-making a tough one. But I think if officials across the world had raised awareness among their people and used independent experts, there could have been better ways to fight the fires and they would also be able to withstand the wave made by the hegemonic system and control its consequences. I believe there were better ways to manage the epidemic, but unfortunately, the heavy atmosphere imposed on the public domain by the media of the hegemonic system made many health and political officials in different countries act passively, and they couldn't make proper decisions to the benefit of their nations right now we have scientists in iran and at global scale who introduce better ways to fight the pandemic but the media network of the hegemonic system and the network for production of the virus and sales of drugs doesn't allow their voices to be heard by the world community and to be used in decision making
1: okay dr bennett uh, you wanted to
0: say something
5: Yes, I wanted to agree with Dr. Ahmadinejad's observations, uh, as well as E. Michael Jones's uh, uh, observations, Uh, starting with Ahmadinejad. The testimony of the World Health Organization and these governments using fear uh, to control the population is indeed the great challenge that humanity faces. Uh, it weaponizes fear to, to intimidate and traumatize and control people. But that, of course, opens up the, the direction for uh, new people and new movements which are more uh, harmonious with the spirit of liberty that he writes about. This is creating an opportunity to move forward in truth and love and, and uh, both Truth and Love uh, really expose the lies and the fraud and the corruption of the big pharmaceutical companies that use vaccines to destroy the human body. Uh, all of the scientists and doctors that we have talked with all confirmed. Vaccines are really destructive to the human body. This is a bio-weapon. And it is rooted in evil that uh, makes perpetually sick uh, human beings. And we're seeing this all over the world in various cancers and sicknesses and vaccine injuries. So I just wanted to... to. Uh, agree with Dr. Uh, Dr. and uh, Dr. Jones about uh, the, the insidious evil that is behind both vaccines in general and I say really all vaccines after speaking with scientists and doctors that know the subject matter uh, as well as the need to break out of this information uh, uh, tyranny that governments and groups like the World Health Organization are trying to control
1: humanity with. Let me
2: tell you that as a fixed and very important principle, whatever is designed and implemented by the hegemons and the satanic is in fact an opportunity for the awareness raising of people, for the growth of their talents, and for making efforts to spread freedom and justice. In other words, the devils and the hegemons are practically serving the growth of humans. If it weren't for the event of the COVID-19 virus, the society would surely be at a lower stage in terms of awareness. The pandemic made lots of relationships of the hegemonic system transparent for the people. Furthermore, it created a universal sympathy among humans and a feeling grew in every individual that without being connected to each other, and without supporting each other, and without getting rid of the hegemonic system, we will not be able to protect our life in basic rights. Of course, please note that we cannot deny the very foundation of vaccination, as some viruses and diseases need vaccination, but one which is out of awareness, will, and freedom of humans and one which comes with the scientists being free to disclose complete and correct information about the characteristics and effects of that
1: vaccine.
3: One of the problems that the world faces is the weaponization of science. Uh, It calls itself science, but it's really a weapon. Uh, One of the principal weapons, manifestations of the weaponization of science was population control. Uh, The world was told that there were too many people and that we're all going to starve to death. Now, this has practical implications for Iran, uh, because in 1989, the Supreme Leader approved birth control and brought about the largest drop in fertility in birth control history. The Supreme Leader has since apologized for doing that. He says it was the biggest mistake uh, that he ever made. Uh, He begged Allah for forgiveness. Uh, My question is how would you deal with the demographic crisis in Iran right now? The fact that uh, the people have stopped having children.
1: Today,
2: The issue of population is not just one for Iran, but it's rather a fixed plan of the hegemons. They keep talking about the hazards and downsides of population growth, and are even uh, working on reducing the current population. But what is their excuse? They talk about two issues. The first one is poverty across the world, and the second is lack of enough resources for supplying people with their needs and shedding poverty. I want to question this and talk firstly about the cause of poverty. Today, you can see that the root cause of poverty is the discrimination and oppression ruling the world. The hegemonic system plunders the wealth of nations using a devised and complicated mechanism. A limited few world capitalists loot the wealth of nations and instead impose poverty on them. Nowadays, the international economic system and the rule of dollar is in fact the very mechanism for conveying the wealth of nations to the pocket of the international capitalism. They sow discord, instigate wars, and with the war, they destroy the infrastructure and wealth of nations, and then they enter the scene and once again take control of the resources of the nations. These are the roots of poverty. In fact, oppressive and discriminative exploitation and distribution of wealth is the root cause of poverty. Secondly, let's see if the world resources are really not enough for supplying the humans with their needs. The hegemons claim that their resources are limited. Okay, we are not saying that they are unlimited in a very long-term vision. But we believe that as knowledge grows, the potentials of nature become visible. In fact, knowledge brings about wealth and uncovers the wealth of the earth. For example, For a long period of time, there was talk of a limitation in fossil energy resources. For sure, fossil energy is limited, but today, new forms of energy have been exposed to mankind which are unlimited when compared to fossil energy. For example, solar energy or atomic energy. I'm sure, with the developments in science, New potentials in the field of energy will be discovered, which will be much broader in spectrum compared to solar or nuclear energy. Even regarding food, we are not yet using the food potentials of the world. Let's have an example with details. A1 has 1% of the world population and its territory also takes 1% of the land on the Alpha. Today, the land made available to humans for agriculture, industry and living is less than 7% of its territory and from the mines that could be exploited, just a very small portion has been found and made accessible to people. So, more than 93% of the territory remains untouched. Even from the 7% exposed to people, the efficiency of usage is low. You might be able to get 5 tons of wheat from an acre of land, but if you use advanced scientific methods, the same area of land could yield 20 tons of wheat, with less water consumption. Therefore, it means that we cannot even use a very small part of the nature we are exposed to at maximum productivity levels, or we haven't managed to do so. If science, knowledge, and technology are made more available to humans, the potentials of nature will tend toward infinity. For that reason, the claim they are making that due to limitation of resources, they should limit the population or reduce it is an unfounded claim. Population is power. And in fact, wealth is produced by the population. But the root cause of poverty in the hegemonic system is the satanic methods as well as its oppression and discrimination. If there is no oppression and discrimination, for sure there will be no poverty. And of course, in this issue, the freedom of humans should not be made limited. Anything imposed would be in opposition to human dignity and rights. Uh, thank you uh, do you have
1: any comments about this Michael Jones do you As, want to tell
3: is, is this is the demographic crisis an economic crisis or is it a spiritual crisis you, you when you were mayor of Tehran you provided dowries for poor women. Is that the the solution you see to the demographic crisis, or is it deeper than that? Do we have to deal with spiritual issues?
2: Certainly, that is not a solution, but it was rather a source of relief. The solution lies in reforming the economic
3: structures and distributing wealth and opportunities. Uh, Is it a spiritual or uh, an economic problem? Uh, And how does uh, Dr. Ahmadinejad plan to address it? Uh, because we know that uh, when he was uh, mayor of Tehran, he would pay for uh, dowries uh, for poor poor women who couldn't afford to get married. So is it that simple, or are there deeper spiritual issues that need to be addressed here?
1: I agree with you, the
2: issues you listed in fact comprise the output of a certain type of structure, thought and management. If we want the outputs to become fine, we should reform the thoughts, structures, and managements. Aiding people with dowries can for a certain period of time serve as a source of relief, but surely that's not a solution. It's similar to the aid you give away to a needy person. It will surely not approve poverty, and it's not a solution. The solution is to mend the mechanisms to have an economy which is fair, based on humans and their needs and basic rights, and to take economy and politics out of the control of the world hegemons and capitalists. The solutions for these are known, and there is potential for implementing them.
3: I I think if you look at the United States of America, uh, we had a period of prosperity. Uh, In the 1960s, that birth control pill was introduced in 1964 in America at a time of basically universal prosperity in America. So it wasn't an economic problem that was the cause here. It was a spiritual problem. Uh, It was a rebellion against God. God created sexuality to bring forth children and now there are people who are saying we're going to have the pleasure of sexuality without the burden of children that's a spiritual moral problem that occurred when there were no economic problems in the united states or america or very few
5: yes i would agree with dr uh jones on that Uh, and also there has been a tremendous animus And alienation between men and women as women are put into the workplace and substitute men in jobs and no longer can men uh, provide an income for their family so that the wife can remain at home and raise the children and be the heart of the home and community. The, the introduction of women into these workplaces has caused tremendous friction, alienation, conflict, and that has depreciated the fertility and even the romantic attraction that has led to all sorts of other social problems. So it's I, 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 w-
3: I, w- I would just like to add one point here. Uh the, there's been a change in the italian government the former prime minister was draghi mr draghi he was a an employee of goldman sachs these are the he- hegemons that were ruling italy the new woman who is in charge is taking talking about sexuality because it was an instrument of control in Italy and throughout the world. The United States imposes sexual liberation as a form of control. So Iran has an opportunity here, just the same opportunity as in Italy, if they take a positive stand toward God-given sexuality, the difference between male and female created by God. This is a spiritual uh, an opportunity for people who have a spiritual orientation to take the initiative throughout the world. And it's happening in Italy right now.
1: We
2: believe that God has created humans in the form of couples, i.e., women and men together form a being. They surely have physical and gender differences. Basically, if there is no difference, no interaction and perfection will occur. When there is difference, there will be interaction and perfection. Women and men are the pillars of the human society. A woman would be meaningless without a man, and a man would be also meaningless without a woman. Actually, without each other, they will not survive and last. Many of men's talents blossom when they are beside women, and vice versa. None of them are superior to the other, but rather, they complement each other. There are two domains. One is the general and shared one, and the other is the special one. Women and men each have their own special domains. A man cannot take a mother's role. That's merely a woman's job. There are also jobs that only men can do and women cannot. That's a piece of reality. Women and men complement each other. But in the public domain, such as on basic rights, freedom, dignity and social responsibility, men and women possess equal rights. We cannot say that the rights of women and men are different although their genders are different, as well as some of their roles, but their rights are not different. They are both humans. Women too, like men, possess the right to freedom, justice, dignity, and the variety of human rights at the same level as men do. Of course, in a large part of the world in the past times, they didn't consider women as humans. If a woman is not viewed as a human in a society, How can she play a constructive and positive role in this society? Or if we fundamentally suppose a woman is less than a man and smaller than him, how can she play her constructive role in the society? That was one point. The other point is that you described sexual relationships as deplorable. In my opinion, the pleasure is okay, and God has made the pleasure in that. But the problem arises when Satan and the Satans come around and use and digress the natural potentials and tendencies of humans that God gave them to enjoy, sustain the generations and bring about their basic rights, they take humans toward limitation, humiliation and destruction, while the God-given potentials in humans need to be used at maximal levels. I believe that human beings should enjoy the most in this world. They should not be limited but their pleasure should be directed at its natural and productive path. Limiting pleasure is limiting humanity. We can enjoy eating an apple at extreme levels or enjoy a simple meal at the same level. The same thing can happen in the private relationship of a woman and a man, and there is no fault in that. But these pleasures should not be used to limit and humiliate humans or destroy their social relationships. As you pointed out, not only in the West, but also wherever there is a human, there is a Satan for destruction. How long has it been since in many countries women got the right to voting? Why so late? Why shouldn't a woman have the right to choose? That is due to the domination of the Satans. A man achieves the summit of perfection when the woman by his side also achieves perfection men untap their talents at maximal levels when women achieve the same actually science knowledge reason thought creativity kindness loyalty and justice and freedom seeking are the same for women and men and they should both be at the summit of all of them of course as i pinpointed some social responsibilities just belong to women such as motherhood, sisterhood and being a wife while there are responsibilities that are just men's, such as fatherhood, brotherhood and being the husband. There are roles that a man should particularly play or when it comes to defending the family, it is primarily the man who should do so. Defending the territory is also primarily a man's duty and if necessary, then women should come and help, but if men are enough, then women should not be done. However, the shared domain including the majority of social domains belong to both and they should both play their roles. If we separate the social domain from the shared and general one and recognize the basic rights of women and men in full, then we will observe that the society will reach balance and disorder
0: will be uprooted from the
1: society.
0: There has been a uh, topic that Dr. Barrett has been has raised it. That's about the term of human-centered new world order. Uh, Dr. Barrett, do you want to explain it?
4: Uh, yes. Um, in this manifesto, uh, Dr. Ahmadinejad has uh, proposed a human-centered new world order and since those of us living in a world whose real religion is secular humanism uh, may wonder whether what we need would be a god-centered world order and so i'm I, i would like to hear a clarification about the difference between dr ahmadinejad's proposed human-centered world order um, and the secular, humanist, materialist world
1: order uh, of today.
2: We have no doubt that the main element and subject of this world is the human and humans have got a shared divine disposition. The disposition is truth, justice and freedom seeking it pursues dignity and evades oppression, discrimination and pressure. In my opinion, the point where Satan deceives is where he defines human against God. Actually, human is the manifestation of God and is not separate from the Creator. In fact, God manifests himself in the human. Basically, human is here to introduce God. The problem lies in their saying that human Is against God. However, if human introduces God, then the greater this man, the better. The more powerful he becomes, the better. The more knowledgeable and creative, the wiser, more thoughtful and intellectual, all the better. We are also pursuing to have the humans become greater. But don't say that human is against God. We believe that the divine natural disposition of human is the manifestation of God in a human. In fact, Human is not against God and in the contrasting point to Him. If we resolve this issue, other issues can be resolved. Unfortunately, in a part of the world, for centuries, they introduced God as the opposing point to human. That was a God who wants to take revenge from mankind. The Renaissance in Europe created an opportunity in which the true status of mankind is introduced and his proper relationship with God is defined. But Satan, Intervened then this time a human was defined who was at the opposing point to God While human is the continuation of God and is God's vicegerent on the elf God has willed that humans be great God has wanted human to will God has wanted that humans be the most knowledgeable and that they discover the entire universe God has willed the best for mankind, but unfortunately They diverted humanism from the right path. Humanism is the authenticity of mankind, i.e. human is authentic and valuable and also important. That human is the manifestation of God and is valuable. It is meaningless to define human as opposing to God. God is the absolute infinity. Human wants to go toward infinity. God is the creator and we are creatures. Once again, I emphasize that whenever human is introduced as the opposite point to God, or God is introduced as the enemy and adversary of human, that is the point of deviation that Satan has made. Wherever on the earth it may be, human is meaningless without God, and God will not be understood without human.
3: I'd I'd just like to say that the the main vehicle for atheism in the West is science. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ideologies like Darwinism are the source of population control. I'm saying that uh, I hope that uh, Ahmadinejad becomes president again because he needs to lead a discussion in which we need to show how reason is superior to science. We can't. We cannot allow this tyranny of science to basically destroy our culture. Uh, that is, the, uh, in many ways, the source of the demographic crisis. The source of the crisis in the West. It's the source of the COVID crisis. We have to assert the the hegemony of God over culture. And I think you're the man to do it. And right now, we. Uh, I, I just read. Uh, uh, Professor Amanat's uh, history of Iran and it's a pendulum swinging back and forth between westernization, West toxification and Islamic reaction back and forth between science and religion. Someone needs to come to the middle and take charge of this discussion and say how reason is the solution to both of these extremes Ilm
2: <laughs> cheese. Please note, what is science? We need to define science once. In fact, science is the discovery of rules that exist in this world. The problem doesn't lie in people stating scientific opinions. Science cannot by itself oppose human. Actually, science is the discovery of the rules governing the universe but the problem lies where partial knowledge is interpreted as absolute. Here, I don't want to criticize and assess the Darwinism theory, but if someone comes and says this is my opinion and nothing else is right, this is the point where problems arise and Satan enters. That's a theory. There may be dozens of other theories too. In the future, there are chances that all the theories of today be questioned seriously. The strongest theory that exists in the world is the theory of numbers, while with the advances in mathematics the theory of numbers was, in another form, criticized and scrutinized. It did not make science absolute. Humans try to discover part of the rules of the universe. This is valuable when these are put beside the discoveries of others, and they complement each other, and provide a brighter picture of the universe to mankind. As you pointed out, When scientific discoveries become tools and levers in the hands of the global politicians and capitalists, problems are made, the problem does not lie in the scientific discovery itself. This discovery can be used to serve mankind and should be used in the service of humans. The entire knowledge is in possession of God, the Almighty. In fact, what we discover is part of God's knowledge. Let me give another example. Some people might arrive at the conclusion that the definite and unique basis for human relations is sexual. This is a discovery, but is it absolute? Can we state that all the human relations and interactions among them are based on sexual relationships and affected by sexual desires? Both yes and no. If a human surrenders to this and forgets the other dimensions of their existence, then their entire being can be summarized in sexual desires. And we can say, yes. But historical evidence shows that humans didn't surrender and kept their other desires alive as well. Are the other desires in opposition to sexual desires? No. They all complement each other. Together, they form humans. If we make one desire absolute, then the human which is defined will be an incomplete one.
1: Let's another example
2: from the great Iranian scientist Molavi, also known as Rumi. Late Molavi tells a story. He says an elephant was put in an absolutely dark room. People went in one by one and were asked to say what was inside. One person went in and touched the elephant's foot. He came out and said, Elephant is like a tall and strong column. The second one touched the trunks and said that was a hose when he came out. The third one touched the ivory and when he came out described it as a horn, while the fourth one touched the elephant's waist and said that it was a huge throne. These are all true, but none introduced an elephant completely and none represented. When put together, the elephant's picture becomes clear. The science people acquire is similar to the understanding of the people from the elephant. When put together, it provides a clear picture. Unfortunately <laughs> Satan and the Satans come and make a piece of knowledge absolute. I believe that Darwinism theory is not scientifically founded, or it has a very weak scientific dimension. There have been plethora of scientists who stated opposing opinions. That is a theory. But when politicians bring this theory to the arena of politics and management, problem is created from there when they make it absolute, problems arise. It is possible that in a part of the human society, some people forget about their humanity and think that their mission is to fight for survival. But this is not the truth of humans. We can see that the majority of humans are after interaction and consider the perfection in interaction. I.e., throughout history, the humans have practically lived and moved contrary to this theory. Here, I want to tell our friends that we should not view humans' power as in opposition to God's power. When human becomes powerful, they get their power from God. Fundamentally, there is no power but that of God in the entire universe. There is no science in the entire universe but that of God. Humans acquire this. In fact, they become mirrors to show the power and knowledge of God. But at the point where Satan defines this in opposition to God, problems arise there. As a principle, We should encourage all humans to acquire knowledge as without that we cannot live and make progress and become great. We cannot even be free without science and cannot implement justice. All of these require science. But if knowledge is used as a tool against humans, this is a satanic act. God has not willed to suppress. God is beside us, for us, and is our supporter. God is our guide and is the main source of our power, will, and energy. But when God is defined as opposing humans, or humans are defined as in opposition to God, all these adjustments are disordered. This is the point we should pay attention to. Sorry for the lengthy
1: response.
3: Uh, thank you for the opportunity Uh, I think we had a meeting of the minds and I hope we can continue in the future
4: Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Ahmadinejad and our hosts. Um, I enjoyed the discussion very much. Uh, I thought the clarification about uh, humanism being uh, with God as opposed to against God was was excellent and I look forward to further conversation, inshallah.
5: Thank well, you, Dr. Ahmadinejad. It was a pleasure and honor to be with you and my colleagues and I think these are important discussions and we certainly would welcome them again. And especially in the times where the world is changing quite radically and there are dangers of war with China, America, Russia, and so much conflict. These are moments where voices of of love and truth can uh, dispel the darkness with the light that we're shining today. So I look forward to seeing you again soon.
1: Thank you very much. Dr. Najad. your word.
2: It's thanks for me too toward our friends. It was a good chat and also I enjoyed the views of our friends. I agree to have these talks continued and I'm sure with these talks to go on, we can arrive at a consensus and also reach new perspectives to help reform the current world situation. I learned a lot from the gentleman who participated in the round table. Thanks for your warm participation and the good discussions you raised. I also thank Mr. Bazifa Ali, who arranged for the meeting and managed the session. Wish you all
1: a nice day.